You're listening to the Arise Bible Academy podcast. In our final lesson of the healing module, Household of Faith, Philip Edwards will look at healing in the context of the body of Christ as we minister to one another. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching and please remember to head on over to ariseministry.org.uk to see all the latest news and events and the other ministries we have to offer. You can also follow us on social media at Arise Ministry UK. And now, over to Philip Edwards for today's teaching. This last talk then uh, is all about receiving the ministry, receiving the ministry of healing. The church is to be the household of faith. That's something unique about the church in that the people who make up the church are people of faith. They are believers. And although all of us have our individual personal walk of faith with the Lord, we do so within the context of the body of Christ, to which, as a believer, every one of us belongs. That means we minister to each other according to the grace and faith that God has given to us. One person has and one person lacks something. One person is gifted particularly with the ministry, another with something else. And so together we form Christ. We're not uh, individualistic. We're not uniquely on our own as Christians. We're together as a body. In the prophecy of Ezekiel, God speaks, he speaks a curse actually over the shepherds of Israel because they had failed to pastor his people properly. Let me read that verse to you in Ezekiel. Ezekiel 34 and verse 4. He says this, You have not strengthened the weak. He's, he's pointing the finger at the pastors now, the leaders of the people. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick, or bound up the injured. Now, these are only uh, some of the charges that he brings against the, the leaders of the people. Then the Lord promises a little bit later in that chapter that he will come and do the job properly. He will send a shepherd, one who can give an example of how shepherds should be. We read this in Ezekiel 34 and 16. He says, I will build up the injured and strengthen the weak. This prophecy was, of course, fulfilled in Jesus himself. All pastors then and elders of a congregation or a church are to reflect his ministry. And really, this is the reason why Jesus says what he says through James. Let me read that passage to you. It's found in James 5 and we're going to read from verses 13 to 16. He says this, If any of you is in trouble, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. 
If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and it's effective. In that short passage, there are several important truths that we need to to really take hold of if we're going to receive ministry for for healing or even uh, administer uh, healing ministry. The first point then is the one who is in trouble should pray. The one who is in trouble should pray. This is then is the first reaction of a believer to any situation in need. Whatever crisis comes up in your life, big or small, whatever event happens, the Christian who lives uh, with God, in fellowship with God, he prays, he talks to God about everything, about the situation. This would include, of course, sickness. If a Christian becomes sick, he, of course, brings that trouble to the Lord. It says clearly, he should pray. Of course, when the Christian prays, he should pray with faith, believing that he receives from the Lord when he prays. And we looked very much last week at the whole aspect of speaking ourselves to to the situation to the problem even to the sickness remember jesus said we we speak to the mountain so we speak to the condition in our body and we tell it to leave in the name of jesus that's the first thing that we do if sickness was to come upon us as a christian if the matter is not resolved through one's own prayer, one's own standing against the sickness, then I think we should follow what it says here in James. It says, He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Note this, please. It's for the sick one to call the elders. So often we see the elders offering prayer for the sick, but really it's for the sick person to call upon the elders for them to say please come and pray for me in the example of jesus's ministry yes he did take the initiative on a few occasions but by and large people came to him people were brought to him or people came to him to receive healing ministry from him why is this important that the sick person calls the elder or the pastors of the church? Because the sick person is thereby acting in faith and he's acting in obedience to God's word. The elders of a church are those who are in spiritual leadership of the congregation. And of course they're expected to respond to the sick person's call upon them to come and pray or to come and anoint them. It is assumed that as they are elders, they have developed faith in their lives. If you're going to ask somebody to pray for you, you want to call somebody who you know has faith to believe that God wants to heal the sick. And it's assumed that the elders and the, the, the leaders of the church are so grown and developed in their walk with the Lord that they would come to you with faith, believing that God wants to heal us. 
they need to see themselves as channels of God's grace channels by which healing can flow through them to the one that is sick that the life of God the power of God will flow through their prayers to the believer these are words of scripture for all believers this instruction is directed to any Christian who is sick any who is sick it says any believer in any congregation should have the leadership if they are not uh, standing uh, in their own faith and being uh, healed through their own prayers should have this uh, ministry of being able to call upon the leaders the mature in the church to come and to pray for them I want to share a little story here I, I don't know if it's true it's it's sort of comical but it, it makes a point it's the story of a, a lady who was sick and she read this scripture and she thought well I'm going to act on this in faith I'm going to be obedient to what the word of God says so she telephoned uh, one of the elders I believe and uh, his response to her is oh, I don't I don't believe in in healing well, she says, well, whether you believe in it or not, she says, I'm a fully paid up member of your church and um, I'm doing what the Bible says. So you better come round straight away and do what the Bible says. Well, he was a little bit shamefaced. So he came around and um, uh, he prayed for her. Well, as the story goes, he, he didn't have a great amount of faith. So you're thinking, oh, I wonder if anything happened. Well, the story goes that, yes, she was healed she was exercising her faith primarily and that's what we want we want the the person who is sick to exercise their faith in god and then those to come and minister and add their faith so whether that story is true i, I don't really know but um interesting that uh, if we stand on god's word god is is honoring us uh, for doing that all elders should respond to such a call and pray with faith for the sick person the elders are also it says in this particular passage are to anoint the person with oil now there's no healing power in the oil the oil uh, is is merely a symbol of god's anointing the scriptures god uses uh, sorry in the scriptures god uses all to anoint his people with his grace and his power uh, different passages old testament we see clearly kings are anointed and and different people in leadership are anointed and it is significant of the the grace of god being poured out onto the individual it's a sign that god is imparting spiritual blessing to the one being anointed without faith simply anointing somebody with oil is simply a religious act i, I doubt if anything will happen it, it almost it has to be accompanied by faith with faith it's a powerful means of god imparting his healing grace to his believing children so whatever we do actually with god it has to be done in faith what we do where we have no faith in god in what we're doing the bible calls it sin 
So uh, the Christian does everything in faith. He believes this is what God is wanting me to do. This is what God has asked me to do. I live my whole life, one would say, in faith, believing in God and trusting in God and doing the things that God has asked me to do. So it's not the oil that will heal of itself, but the prayer of faith that accompanies the anointing that will raise the sick person from his bed. Another point that we see within this passage of Scripture is forgiveness is an important part of the healing process. Now, some sicknesses are caused by sin. Not all, but some are. We know if we're unforgiving, that opens the door for the enemy to afflict our bodies. If we, we are bitter and we allow bitterness to take a root within our lives, that too could make us sick and ill. Fear, living in stress. If we engage in the practices of the occult, we are opening ourselves up to become sick and ill. So some things that we do will open the door to sickness coming into our bodies but not all by a long chalk. But all healings can be hindered by unforgiveness. So if we're harboring unforgiveness towards others, it can hinder God healing us. God says, if you want, if you want me to show you mercy and heal you, you must first show mercy to others. So he is merciful to those who show mercy to others. And of course, walking in unforgiveness is is not being merciful. If a sickness is a direct consequence of sin, it can be easily healed once the cause is forgiven. So if you know you're doing something wrong, if you have what we call a besetting sin, one you just you just don't you don't want to deal with or you find it difficult to deal with if you seek forgiveness of that, it at least removes any possible barrier that could hinder your healing coming forth. Even though the condition may not be the direct result of sin, forgiveness of any and all sins opens up the way for the believer to receive his healing. It's important that those administering the healing grace of God through prayer and anointing should also be free from all sins themselves. The scriptural suggestion that there will be open and mutual confession of sins. Now, one would presume an elder or a leader who came to pray for one of the congregation that was sick um, he wouldn't come with sin in his heart. The, the whole reason of, of calling the mature, uh, the mature in age or the mature in their walk with the Lord would be that they live and are walking uh, sin-free as far as possible in their lives. If they're harboring sin in their hearts and they come to pray for people, well, it's, it's, not, a, it's not a good thing. We saw what um, 
God said in that passage of, of Ezekiel, God sees the hearts of his shepherds. He sees the hearts of those that are ministering. And if they're, if they're not right, and because they're not right, they're not being able to minister to their people, then God, God will see that and judge that. The picture given by James is that the elders join the sick, one in coming humbly before God. They both come humbly before God. They both confess if there's anything wrong in their lives. So they come before him to seek his blessing. So the elders come, yes, to anoint, yes, to speak words of faith, but, but to support and come together to the Lord with the person. The last point that I want to make from this particular passage is the promise is the Lord the Lord will raise him up. I love these positive, definite statements that we find in the Word of God. So often we're a bit wishy-washy and we're making excuses for things not happening, but God doesn't do that here. He says the Lord will raise him up. If we do everything according to the covenant Word of God, we will be raised up. It doesn't say may be raised up or might be raised up or could be raised up. He says they will be raised up. The purpose of praying for one another is not to support each other in sickness. I think sometimes Christians do this. They just pray in a way of comforting or supporting or being with. No, we pray for people to be healed we speak words of healing over them. Sometimes it might be important that if you go to minister to somebody, say, uh, what are you believing for? What are you expecting when we pray? <laughs> Often Jesus asked that same question. It seems ridiculous at times, but he, he would say, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want? What are you expecting? And of course he'd say, you know, the blind man says, I want to see. That's what I want. And there's, as you read through those passages, there's some desperation in in the voice of the people that are seeking healing you know sometimes we carry a sickness or people carry sicknesses in the body and there's no desperation to get healed whether they've just got used to it or accept that nothing can be done or we've got to go through this slow process of of, of what medical science and and i'm all for medical science for what medical science would do there needs to be more desperation i want to be healed i'm expecting god to heal me i'm expecting if you pray for me in faith and you anoint me with oil that i will be healed that god will heal me we need to see something of that urgency and that passion about the truth of god's word this is the expectation. Such scriptures, they're a challenge to both our faith and our obedience. I know they are. Elders and other believers who pray for the sick are not to be thought of as intermediaries. They stand with the sick person, supporting in faith and praying in faith and believing and expecting together. Really, it's only God that heals and God heals us directly he needs no 
no one in between him he hears and he responds and he heals the sick person I want to move on now in the second part to uh, further examples of receiving healing through through the body of Christ through the church I'm going to look mainly at the laying on of hands I'm going to look at those who have healing ministries and I'm going to look at communion the, the coming together in communion and receiving our healing there let's first look then at the laying on of hands healing is not the prerequisite of a select individual just there's a number of people that can heal and, and and no one else can it says that every believer in the Lord should heal the sick so what it says in Mark 16 17 and 18 and these signs will accompany those who believe they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well the only condition about having uh, the ability to lay hands on people and see the power of God flow into that person maybe through you and and touch and heal that person is that if you go out to pray and lay hands on people you believe these signs will follow those that believe if you don't believe they probably won't follow you at all and you probably wouldn't pray for the sick anyway this promise in this particular scripture is given in the context of disciples being sent out into the world to preach the good news of the kingdom of God healing was one of the signs that God had given to the church we still have it today to verify the authenticity of what we proclaim in his name it's fine to stand and say you know Jesus Christ died for your sins and you should turn to the Lord and put your faith in God and people might feel a conviction uh, the Holy Spirit moving upon them but they would want a sign a proof that what you're saying is true give us evidence of the message that you're speaking is the truth and of course there were several signs uh, there was the sign when people were filled with the Holy Spirit once they believed there was the signs of people being delivered people uh, being healed and of course in some cases people were raised from the dead so it, it God God understands us he knows people simply won't hear a message and believe that many want proof and of course this is uh, the proof that he gives so in the evangelistic situation we should expect to see people healed as they were in the Gospels and in the Acts of the Apostles everywhere Jesus went preaching the kingdom he healed when he sent the disciples out to minister the 12 and the 70 and and the different numbers he, he gave them authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick and he was saying listen the kingdom of God is alive it's real it's powerful it's here come come to the Lord see the power of God manifested here well the gospel is the same today it's never changed it cannot change if we're here for another thousand years the gospel that we preach today will be the same gospel that will be preached in a thousand years time 
and so is the power of the Holy Spirit who enables the preaching. The Holy Spirit who can flow through an evangelistic message is the same Holy Spirit that heals the sick and casts out demons and like I said on those occasions even raise the dead. There's an account where Jesus sent out 72. Uh, it's found in Luke uh, chapter 10 and it's, it's an interesting little verse if we read it he told them to heal the sick and then to proclaim the good news now normally what we see in if there is an evangelistic crusade going on people preach about Jesus and then they call the sick forward the scripture here indicates that go and heal the sick and then call the people and the people might be more ready to listen and to hear uh, what you're saying. In Luke 10, 8 and 9, it reads like this. When you enter a town and you're welcomed, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is near. Now, you could say, well, you're just making a play on words, really. Uh, well it, it's clear to me he said heal the sick first and then tell them about the kingdom of God so your words are backed up as it were by what you've already done manifested the power of God however healing is not confined to evangelistic situations when preaching I'll just add this point when you're preaching to the unsaved it is the faith of the believer that is enough to see miracles of healing grace. The, the unsaved aren't supposed to have faith. They, they can't have faith. They, they, they are dependent on those that are ministering their faith. God does not expect the unbeliever to have faith then, simply those who go with the ministry. On the other hand, in the case of praying for believers, God does expect faith both in those praying and those receiving the laying on of hands. Why? Because we're both in covenant relationship with God. God is looking for faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God is looking for faith in both both parties hearts and cause as they are reaching out to God in faith God responds to that faith God is always responding to the faith that he sees in the hearts of his children faith is is a wonderful thing in the sight of God it said of Abraham when when God saw Abraham's faith he he can he considered him a righteous man uh, that, that he was acceptable because he walked in faith that was before Jesus ever came so faith in the human heart will really move God in a very powerful way often uh, when we're healing in the name of Jesus simply speaking the words of healing with authority is enough you do not necessarily have to lay hands on somebody to whom you're witnessing for them to receive healing. 
I've been in a situation where I've been preaching and I've seen in the eyes of the people listening, they are receiving the word of God, be it the gospel message or a message of healing or a message of deliverance. You can see in their faces, they are receiving and it's going into their hearts. And you know that something powerful will happen. Something will be effected in their lives. If we remember, I did a series a little while ago with you on the foundational teachings. And of course, one of them is the laying on of hands. And I said then, it seems a bit of a strange thing to put in as a foundational teaching. Um, you can imagine uh, resurrection and judgment and faith and repentance and the baptisms. They, were, they are big, big doctrines that we need to at least get a grasp of when we start in our Christian world. But the laying on of hands, well, it was considered to be foundational. In other words, it was quite important. It was one of the pillars, as it were, of our doctrine. And I think um, the laying on of hands is vital because it shows the impartation of blessing, the power flowing through somebody to touch the body, the life of another person and see the power flowing into their lives. But Jesus didn't always touch. Uh, we looked at examples last week and the week before where Jesus simply spoke the word. Remember the centurion who came and he said, will you heal my servant? And Jesus says, I'll come to your house. He says, no, you don't need to come. Just speak the word. And of course, we know that he just spoke the word. He didn't come. He didn't lay hands. He simply spoke the word. So we don't have to lay hands on people, although it is part of it. Often in public services, believers are healed through the word of authority spoken and received with faith. Simply the spoken word, as it's spoken, anointed by God and received by the person that's sufficient to bring about healing in the person's life. It, it must be understood um, we can perhaps go to a meeting or you've had this experience or seen it. People go to a meeting and um, they, they hear about a minister having uh, success in, in uh, ministering to people that God is using him with a healing ministry. And they think if they can get in line and this man can touch them, lay his hands on them, that they will be healed, that somehow laying hands on someone uh, or just speaking over them will cure them of their sickness. Uh, believe in somehow they'll be automatically healed uh, but this is this is not the case in fact it's a common occurrence for a minister to pray for a number of people at, at the end of, of a meeting and uh, he might have them in a line and he might pray one after the other and what you'll see if you were to talk to the people afterwards or you might even see an illustration of that as you're looking some are healed and some are not healed and you might ask the question why is it is it God wants to heal some and not others well no he's made provision for all to be healed when Jesus went to the cross he made provision for everyone's salvation 
and for everyone's healing. He provided for all men in all times throughout the world. Clearly then, some people that receive healing, they're in a place of faith to receive because their trust is in the Lord. It's not in the man laying hands on them, but they're looking to the Lord and through the channel of this man, God is going to touch them. I remember listening to some ministry by John Wimber, and of course uh, he saw lots of signs and wonders in his ministry, and he said, if you bring a line of people out that are looking for healing, he says, don't rush to heal them, but just step back and look, look at the people uh, as they're waiting to receive. And he said, sometimes, and if you perhaps ask the Holy Spirit as well, you see the Holy Spirit working on some people and not on others. Some people, they're sort of being touched by the Spirit just as they're standing there, and others, they're a little bit nonplussed. And, and his advice was, go first to those who it appears that the Holy Spirit is doing something and pray for them because what you're doing you're lining yourself up with what the Spirit of God is doing and and then minister to them not that you wouldn't minister to the others but his experience after praying for many many people was perhaps they would receive more and receive quicker than the others there's a subtle truth here that has to be grasped if our trust is in the Lord then the method he uses to heal is only of secondary importance. See, we, when we pray, we must focus on God. We don't focus on the sickness. We don't focus on the person. We don't even focus on ourselves. Our prayers should be focused on God. The healing isn't going to come from the man who lays hands on you or speaks over you or anoints you. The healing is not coming from that person. The healing is coming from the Lord. So look to the, look to the Lord. Now, it doesn't matter whether he speaks words of authority, whether he anoints you with oil, or whether he lays hands on you. That's irrelevant. They're all channels, as it were, for the Lord to impart his blessing and of course the the word of authority the anointing with oil and the laying on of hands it gives us a point of contact as it were with god it, it just it enables us to focus our hearts and minds on him and to receive from him the faith then is in him it's in god alone it's not on people with healing ministries it's not on the action that takes place being called forward being prayed for maybe falling on the ground maybe feeling a heat or anything no it's it's not about that it's not about the event it's it's not about the moment or time that you're standing there it's god bringing you to a point where your faith is such that you you desire you're expecting to receive healing from him in each of these actions it's an opportunity to express faith in him there's no disappointment therefore if the laying on of hands is not accompanied by some dramatic event 
or wonderful experience. Now, if there is a dramatic event and there is a, a wonderful thing that happens, or uh, that's, that's all well and good, but, but that's not the focus of it. Our focus is on the goodness of God and God touching us and appropriating God's goodness into our life through faith. We believe, we expect, whether there's a manifestation, whether there's an immediate reaction, whether something dramatic or uh, a quieter experience, they're all well and good, but it's not where our focus is. Our focus is on God, that we are appropriating God's power and grace into our lives. If, however, there is no apparent immediate change, this doesn't shake our faith in Jesus. For we believe that we have received, and we go on our way thankful for his faithfulness to his word of promise. So even if my condition doesn't change, I say, thank you, Lord, I receive my healing now, by faith, I receive it and I walk in what you're doing in my life. The fact that some have not received and go away disappointed, well, it's an indication that their faith was more in the event than in the Lord himself. Where there is faith in the Lord, there may be an immediate manifestation of healing. On the other hand, a healing process can take place in the believer in stages. Now, you say, why is this? Well, I don't know. We we see it. We see something of it, don't we? In the 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 ministry of Jesus, just on that one occasion, it's recorded for us where Jesus prays for a man, and then he asks the man what he can see. And he doesn't say, I, I can see clearly. He says, no, I see men as they were like trees walking. And so we see Jesus ministers to him again. Now, that speaks nothing of the, um, the deficient power of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's just a very gracious example that this is what happens sometimes. God heals in stages, perhaps, in parts. It's not complete. It comes in stages. I've prayed on many occasions for people uh, who have evil spirits in them. And of course, they might come for a time and you pray and, and, and they get delivered of certain things, only to find they come back again, maybe a week later, for more ministry and more ministry. So you think, well, why didn't it all happen when we did it the first time, when we prayed the first time? Well, they, they were delivered of some things, but then the ministry continued on. It can be the same with healing. Uh, it's interesting that you could say that someone might have two or three or four or five symptoms uh, of sickness in their body and they go forward for healing, but God doesn't heal all five of them. He simply heals maybe the one. Now, some of these things, are, they are a mystery to us, but we're, we're grateful for whatever God does do and we can go back again and again and again to receive more and more. So he may receive... Um, the laying on of hands on a number of occasions. 
and receive further healing each time. The authority with which those who pray with the laying on of hands is significant, especially when mountains need to be moved and the demonic powers of infirmity need to be bound. I'll go back to the situation with praying for deliverance again because that's where I've I've had more experience and seen more of uh, the things of God. Um, maybe one person or two would pray and there's a sense we need to bring others into the room to pray. It's as though we join our faith. It becomes strong as we come together in faith. And so that might be the case for healing as well. Faith then and authority, they belong together when it comes to praying for the sick and healing the sick. In pastoral situations, people can prepare their hearts before receiving ministry. Again, in ministering deliverance, I would tell people to look over their lives, to might be even make notes to remove any sin barriers in their life, to come to come ready, to come prepared. On occasions, people have even fasted in preparation, that, uh, saying, God, is there anything that I need to deal with? This is good. Remember, we're approaching a holy God and um, we want we want to we want to present ourselves before the Lord to receive as much as possible from him remember it's not the sickness um, that is being healed but it is the believer is being healed of the sickness the sickness isn't the permanent resident the sickness is an intruder the sickness is something that should not be there. The sickness has, has broken in upon the life of the believer and he needs to be evicted. He needs to be driven away from the body, as it were. Let's talk a little bit about healers. Uh, in one of the lists of ministries, there are three basic lists of ministries in the church. Uh, there are the, the giftings that come from the Holy Spirit, the gifts of Christ to the church, and, and God's gifts himself. Uh, in those ministry gifts of the Holy Spirit, it lists nine different giftings there. And unfortunately, I think the, the words there are translated in error in lots of... A, a, in lots of ways, well, not so much in error, but the way they are translated and interpreted, I think we end up with something that's slightly wrong. It talks uh, about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It says one of them is the gifts of healings. Now, in some, most of your Bibles, you won't read that. You'll, you'll see the gift of healing or the gift of healings. It really, I believe, should be the gifts of healings. Both the gifts and the healings are plural. This mistranslation can give the impression to some are given a gift of healing, as though the gift is given to the person, and the person then has the ability himself to heal the sick. Now, that's not right. Only God can heal. So the 
correct translation, gifts of healing, show us that the gift is not in any individual, but is in the healings that are given to those who are sick. So it is though those with a ministry gift, those that go forth and pray for the sick, those that some, sometimes build a reputation or they're seen as operating in their gift, they can't heal anybody. They simply are channels by which the gift that God is given the sick person and the gift he's giving him is healing, they are the channel by which the gift from God flows into the individual. Clearly, there are those who are given healing ministries by God. They, they start to pray for the sick and they, they, they're successful or God is using them successfully and God is ministering through them that they build something of a reputation and they see themselves then having healing ministries to the body of Christ. But they, as individuals, can't heal anybody they haven't got a healing gift. They have a ministry of healing. And there are those who, like I said, God regularly used them, but they haven't got a gift of healing. They simply are ministers. They are serving the body of Christ and God is ministering the Holy Spirit through them. Every believer can be used of God those with healing ministries are used regularly by him because he enables them to encourage and release faith in others to trust God for their healing. So as we look around the body of Christ, and of course we're in a body, we see this man, he operates with a gift of prophecy. He's not a prophet, but prophecy flows through him. We see another man, he operates in the gift of tongues. So the tongues flow through him and he might do it regularly and often. And we usually find that people who find it easy to minister in a particular gift and they have an anointing from God, they usually, well, we build up a reputation for them to do it. And so that's what uh, healing ministry is. And, and I thank God for them because they're always a source of encouragement. When they preach to you, they always make it sound so easy because to them it is easy because it is the gifting of God that flows. But in their ministry, they should be building your faith and building your expectation, not that they will heal you, but that God will heal you. What to now talk about finally here um, holy communion and and taking communion when jesus died or uh, uh, and, and went to the cross he procured for us both our salvation and of course i believe he procured for us our healing when we take communion uh, we take the bread and we say this is his body that i'm partaking of when we drink from the cup we say this is his blood it is the blood of a a new covenant that we've entered into when jesus sacrificed his body on the cross and he shed his blood for us he accomplished all that was necessary for our forgiveness for our salvation and for our healing 
in in every area of our body our spirit and our soul whenever we celebrate the Lord's Supper we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes yes there is something of a memorial feast in this but it is also a proclamation when we take communion we are proclaiming something it's a proclamation that all that Jesus died to give us is indeed ours now through his grace and mercy everything that is needed for our bodily sustenance our strength our healing as well as everything necessary for our forgiveness and healing was given to us at the cross and of course we appropriate it into our life through faith as with the word of authority the anointing with oil the laying on of hands so with holy communion there can be a channel of God's healing grace to us by faith we lay a hold of all that he accomplished for us on the cross by faith we take it and we say thank you Lord that when you went to the cross and you suffered those things you suffered those those stripes that were placed upon your body it was for my healing and I receive it now by faith that sort of completes the the lecture part I, I just want to add something here in this whole uh, area of receiving from the Lord overcoming our problems we must walk by faith we must develop faith in our lives faith comes by hearing the Word of God by receiving God's Word which is spirit and life into our spirits and it there will cause the power within our spirit to be greater than whatever stands before us over the last four weeks that I've been talking to you about this subject we've looked at about 40 different scriptures both from the Old Testament and from the New Testament now I would like you to go over your notes of the the notes are quite uh, they're quite full they're not skimpy notes so you can read them and understand them so if you haven't downloaded the notes please do so and just read through them and and not just once and and file them away but read them again and again and again until the word of God starts to take root now all the verses of scripture are there like I said there's a there's about 40 there and as you read them the especially the verses about healing the Word of God will come into you and it will strengthen you it, it, it just has the ability to do that I just share a little testimony about that um, a lady that I knew she was having to fly to another country she was going with a, a group of other Christian ladies and she was really terrified of of flying uh, she the, the the fear was quite tangible so what she did she took all the scriptures she could find in the Word of God regarding uh, uh, fear and how to overcome fear now not to be afraid and she wrote all these out she wrote them out and she read them and read them and read them well in advance of, of the trip that she was taking 
when she went on the trip initially she felt a little bit nervous like she would but once on the plane she was she was just shocked by the fact that she wasn't fearful the the fear that she had known previously had gone from her now it wasn't a matter of brainwashing she hadn't brainwashed herself with the word of god the word of god had entered into her the word of god is spirit and life it had entered into her and where there was fear there was now faith she was full of confidence and faith and this is how faith enters us for any situation we need to focus more on the word of god and have the word of god uh, minister to us so we become strong i just want to bring this verse uh, in in the psalms a couple of verses in psalm 107 that sort of um it it clearly shows the power of god's word to to just overcome things it says this some became fools this is sorry this is psalm 107 verse 17 to 21 some became fools through their rebellious ways they suffered affliction because of their sins their iniquities they loathed all food well that's what sickness is we we can't eat anything they drew near to the gates of death so they were pretty sick then they cried to the lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress how did he do it he sent forth his word and he healed them he rescued them from the grave let them give thanks to the lord for his unfailing love we need to strengthen our spirits with the word of god faith then flows from the inner man as i said as i've uh, spoken to you over the last uh, four weeks or so uh, there's been about 40 verses that I've, I've covered i'll just give you a sample of one or two of them jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever i am the lord he says who heals you who is like unto you majestic in holiness awesome in glory work in wonders the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy i have come that you may have life and have it to the full lord if you are willing you can make me clean jesus reached out his hand and touched the man i'm willing he said be clean immediately he was cured of his leprosy if you believe you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer surely he took up our infirmities and he carried our sorrows yet we considered him stricken by god smitten by him and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed the time has come he said the kingdom of god is near repent and believe the good news 
Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he was astonished. Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed that very hour. Many who were demon-possessed demon were brought to him and he drove out the spirit with a word and he healed all the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. He called the twelve disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, he came and he fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve, was dying. Come, put your hands on her. She thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid, just believe. Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl got up and she walked around. They ran throughout the whole region and carried the sick on mats wherever they heard he was and wherever he went, into villages, towns or countryside. They placed the sick in the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak and all who touched him were healed. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to the man's whole body. Through him all things were made. Without him Nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. For God who said, let light shine in the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. 
we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. I am the Lord who heals you. By my stripes you are healed. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I forgive all your sins and I heal all your diseases. I sent forth my word and I healed you. I took up your infirmities and I carried your diseases. I tell you the truth, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth. If anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and he does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him, so that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Ask, and it will be given you, for everyone who asks receives. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Is any of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective and these signs will accompany those who believe they will place their hands on sick people and they will get well well those are the passages of scripture that i've used over the last four weeks and um, i have gone to all the effort of writing them out and i look at them and i study them and i let them get into me and i know that as i keep focused on the word of god then god's word becomes stronger and stronger his life and light comes into me and it gives me an anointing uh, a sense of confidence a sense of expectation 
that God will not only heal me, but as I minister and lay hands on people and speak to the sickness, that God will also heal them. Thank you for sharing these four weeks uh, with me. I pray it's been a blessing to you and it has changed your outlook perhaps on healing, your outlook on faith and and, and uh, inspired you to press on and to cause faith to grow in your heart. God bless you all. Amen. You've been listening to the Arise Bible Academy podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. And please remember, if you would like to partner with Arise Ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at ariseministry.org.uk. Also, if you would like to follow us on social media, you can do so at Arise Ministry UK. Arise Ministry, a living legacy.